Welcome to the Divorced and Happy Podcast, where we discuss all things act two. I'm your host, Sadie Marie. I've enjoyed a lot of new experiences since my divorce. I'm sure you can say the same thing. One of my favorites being intergenerational dating. If you had told me when I was in the thick of my divorce process that I'd be dating men 10 to 15 years my junior, I'd have said, seriously? Seriously. I had no idea how well I'd vibe with younger men. I know I just said vibe. It's just so millennial. But I do. And it's been fun to discover intergenerational dating. Women who are recently divorced, I say, treat yourself. Dating younger men has taught me a lot about myself, about the qualities that I enjoy in a man I'm dating, and it's also caused me to question the potential for a long-term relationship. Is society really ready for older women and younger men to be together long-term? I mean, is it really accepting of this construct? Are men and women too conditioned to think that older women shouldn't be with younger men long-term? Well, it's these questions and more that my millennial friend Nathan and I dive into today. We bring our own experiences and perspectives to the table and are so glad you can join us in this light and lively chat about intergenerational dating and other fun topics around relationships. Well, Nathan, I'm so happy you could join me today to talk about these hot topics, dating, intergenerational dating, and of course, marriage. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. I know we've talked about doing this for a while, haven't we? Yeah, we have. And now we we are here finally. It took two in long. the bachelor pad in Nathan's bachelor pad. It's very pretty, <laughs> by the way. Everybody listening, Nathan has the best bachelor pad. It's in downtown Minneapolis. Great <laughs> view. You. Rainy day today, but otherwise, it's a great view. Thank you, thank you. I really like it out here. Um, I've been here for a couple of years and. I've enjoyed every moment of it, and I feel like it's really home. Yes, it's beautiful. Designed it to fit my style, you know. You have a great, great uh, aesthetic. It's very pleasant to the eye. Thank you. Thank you. You could do that as a side hustle, you know. You could decorate other people, other guys' bachelor pads. I feel like give them a little flair. I think you could. A few people have asked me to do that, but I just we've just figured out a side hustle, and we weren't even trying. (laughs) Look at us, Nathan. What are we going to accomplish today in this podcast together? We don't even know. Take over the world, exactly. (laughs) So the hot topic of dating. I've talked about dating a little bit on my show because after divorce re-entering the world of dating is is interesting. It's a little overwhelming with all of the apps, but it's also very exciting. Now, I know you've shared that you've always had these delicious apps while you've been dating. Mm-hmm. I have. I have. I've had them for uh, quite, a, quite a bit of time um, initially. So there's different apps. I feel certain apps are more geared towards looking for something serious. Other yes. apps are more geared towards something casual. Yes. Um, and I've always enjoyed meeting people out in person too. So I didn't solely just rely on apps, but having the apps was nice because I think, or at least in my opinion, it allowed you to reach a more diverse pool of people. I would agree. You would Especially if you out. open, you know, if the cast the net, net wider, because right. I like to date guys who don't live in my city. I don't yeah. know if you knew that about me. I feel like I've shared that with I you. I feel like you have mentioned that. Yeah, I, I'm kind of an East Coast guy. Lady, yeah. Right? I yeah. Know. But you we do won't. have that East Coast energy. I do kind of, don't it. I? Right? <laughs> in another life, uh, I must have lived out East. So when it comes to, I know specifically today, we're going to talk about intergenerational dating because this was something, I shared this in my introduction, this was something that divorce also allowed me to date mm-hmm. younger men. Because when I was in my 20s, Mm -hmm. I was very focused on wanting to find a boyfriend 
so that I could get married and have a family. I wasn't really looking to date a man a decade or 15 years, years older than I was. That wasn't really in my cognition. So for me as a divorced woman, it's been fun. Like you said, you know, get to know a lot of different people and I've had a lot of fun dating younger men and I've learned a lot of things. Millennial men have taught me a lot of things. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of millennial men, but I would be curious to learn like when you have done a little bit of intergenerational dating, what has that been like for you to date women older? Uh, so from my experience, it was definitely unique. Um, it was definitely kind of, if you want to say, out of my zone or territory in the sense that uh, I felt the connection was different, the conversations were different. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was a great experience, and you know, I've even when I was younger, I used to talk to a lot of older people. Um, I grew up very religious, so talking to older people was something I did pretty frequently. Um, but I felt it. That experience did help me when, um, you know, going through intergenerational dating as in the fact that I feel I would have something to talk about as well. Um, sometimes I like to think, or some people might feel when the age gap is too large, um, people are just, they have different interests and they have different experiences and they grew up in a right, different There's nothing area. really to talk about. Right. Right. You can but, assume that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's very easy to assume that, but... Um, when you're actually, you know, experiencing that, you realize, like, you actually have a lot more in common than you have different. And so that has been really eye-opening for me. I agree. I, you know, I had, okay, so the first date I went on with a, a 30-year-old, we had nothing to talk about. We actually played a drinking game. It was pretty funny. We actually uh, played a game where we tried to guess different musical artists because we knew the other would have never heard, like, he had never heard of Dolly Parton. So then he'd have to drink. <laughs> right and then I would say or he would say some I don't know just some they like Drake or sure, I know who Drake is come on I'm not that old Nathan <laughs> but something sure on that lines like like a, a mini little Drake Uzi, sure little Uzi. little Uzi and I'd be like bottoms up I mean and it was hilarious right but then I've had I've had plenty of other dates with with millennial men where there was plenty to talk about and so you know it's all about more personality I think I agree. Yeah, and you're an only child, so you also mm -hmm. were, like you said, around adults a lot. So that I you, was. You just have more of a maturity to you. Point, mm -hmm. Points for you, Nathan. Yay. <laughs> I know, right, right. So what do you think was the biggest benefit of dating someone older? Oh, that's a good one. Um, so I like to think because, you know, so with older people, they kind of know themselves more. Yes, uh, They're much you. more firm. Thank you for that observation. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, I feel with younger people, we're still figuring ourselves out. What do we like? What don't we like? What do we want to do? We don't, you know, there's so many different paths and options where I feel with uh, more mature people and older people, they know what they have this path they're already set on. They know and life experience. Life experience. I mean, a decade plus of life is going to give you some wisdom and experience. Exactly. Hopefully. Right? There's so much to learn. So much to learn. So did you feel that gave you some curiosity or did that give you some comfort or did that give you like what? How did that benefit you being around people who had more life experience and, and kind of knew themselves better, so to speak? Uh, so two things, I think. It was a big learning experience that was okay. enjoyable. Good. And I also, I mean, I'm very close with my parents too, but 
um, especially when it got into like politics, I noticed how the younger generation and older generation kind of had different political view. Um, myself and, you know, like other th- others that are even younger tend to be m- much more progressive. Um, but I've also noticed like older ones have even started to adapt that mentality. And I thought that was really cool. So I'd say from for me, it was definitely an awesome experience. Uh, it was very enjoyable. Sounds a little eye-opening. It was maybe. eye-opening, Opening, insightful. Yeah. Because we make assumptions about other people. Oh, it's very on easy age, to make. culture, gender. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I will admit, prior to my divorce and dating millennial men, I had some thoughts about millennials that weren't very nice. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> Sometimes we're not so nice. <laughs> and so, like you, I'm happy that I've had more relationship with millennials because it's really broadened my opinion of millennials in general. So I'm grateful for that. I'm glad. I'm yeah. glad. What do you think the communication style is is like different for Gen X women maybe than millennial women? I'm just curious what you'd say. Because I have opinions on that too. I want to hear yours first. Okay, sure. Um, I think when it comes to communication, I feel um, millennials tend to be more uh, like nilly-willy, if that's the right word, just whatever. Where uh, Fluid? I think, yeah, I, I would say fluid. Okay. Uh, fluid could be a part of it. Putting a little more positive spin than willy-nilly. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Okay, go ahead, though. I didn't mean to cut you up. No, you're fine. Um, So, yeah, I'd say more fluid. Uh, Definitely like to, uh, you know, joke around. Um, I think there's just kind of this, I I don't necessarily want to say stereotype, but there's a type of, the interaction style is different. So if I meet another millennial, I think we make more like trendy jokes and okay. oh, did you see this TikTok video or we'll do sure. like a little TikTok handshake joke or something. I do you know? know what TikTok is. Yeah. <laughs> At least I know what it is. I don't use it, but I, I do know what I it is. I think you're a millennial. <laughs> right. I am getting used to the gram now. Finally, Instagram, I'm, I'm leaning in, but it's taken me a while. Yeah, that that's a whole different animal for sure. For right. Sure. I need some lessons, some tutorials on Instagram, but I need to find a millennial friend to help me with that. So... <laughs> So then how would you say Gen X women are if, if millennial women are more fluid? and I think Gen X women, uh, or just Gen X in general, are more straightforward. Oh, interesting. Um, speak their mind. Okay. I, I feel one of the things with um, millennials is sometimes we don't necessarily speak our mind and it's harder to have open conversations sometimes. Do you think that will change when you're in your 40s? Because I don't know if, if when I was in my 30s, I was being as direct as I am now. Now it's like, why, why cut to the chase? Like, I don't have the time to Exactly, waste. exactly. That could uh, be a part of it too, do you think? Yeah, I think it is. I think that just comes with maturing. And you just have a lot less tolerance for putting up with nonsense. And, you know, you just don't waste my time. Yes. Versus when you're younger, you're kind of all over the place. Um, you're more unapologetic if you're... For example, I know I've had to uh, meet up with people and they'll be about 30 minutes late. I'm like, yo, what the heck happened? You know, <laughs> and they're just like, oh, I'm sorry. Da, 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 da. But I've noticed uh, with older people, they're very punctual on time, straight to the point, direct, still very fun and very outgoing. I don't want to make them seem like some rigid people like they're absolutely fun, but there's definitely a lot less tolerance for nonsense, that's for sure. And I think when you get older, you realize that time is one thing you can never get back. It isn't, right. 
And so you don't want to waste time, mm-hmm. which, you which when you're younger, you don't appreciate. Yes, exactly. Cause mm-hmm. when I was in my twenties and thirties, I thought I had all the time in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I get caught up in that mindset. I know I used to for sure when I was younger. So do you think there's a challenge then around dating an older person? Um, I mean, there's always going to be challenges when it comes to dating. I, I like to think maybe the challenges are different. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this probably goes more into like the marriage and having kids and right. kind of, uh, you know, what, what you envision the future being for you too. It's probably going to look a little different. The um, end goal, so to speak. The end goal, right. Mm-hmm. So that I can see some friction coming out of that and causing a little bit more challenging. But then there also are benefits to that too, you know. I feel like, um, you know, if you're older, you're definitely more solidified. You kind of have things going for you. You're not in that zone where you're trying to figure things out, you know. So, but yeah, I, I think everyone well, you still are kind of figuring some things out. But not yeah. as many things. Not as many things. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so yeah, that, those would be the two, I, I'd say that'd be the biggest challenge I okay. could see. Yeah. You know, experiencing millennial men, I, I will say that your generation is more in, in my experience is more emotionally, I would say available. Mm-hmm. Some would say intelligent. Mm. I think millennial men and, and, and m- millennial women too. I think that you're more willing to listen and you don't need to be as dominant I think Gen X, um, especially my experience with Gen X men, they're very resourceful, very good at problem solving. Like if you need a problem solved, find a Gen X guy. He will solve it for you. He will give you all of his opinions and thoughts on it and it will get done. Very <laughs> resourceful. Does he really want to listen to you though? Eh. <laughs> right, right, right. I definitely see that contrast. Yes, I agree with you yes, on that for yes, sure. For sure. Yes, yes. And it's interesting when I've talked to other Gen X women who've been through a divorce, we are all pretty unanimous on that mm-hmm. observation. So uh, that's been something that I've absolutely appreciated about millennial men. And I think that that's encouraging. I think in general, it shows progression as the gender of men. If you're able to be a little more present and, mm-hmm. and you don't need to be controlling all, you know, every sing, single situation or be... Um, the expert in the room that you can be a little right. more open right. and available. That's encouraging. Yeah, there's. I feel there is a little bit more of an element of open mindedness, but um, you know, I think with Gen X is, and this doesn't apply to everyone, of course, but uh, there might be a little bit of that kind of. I don't know if entitled personality is the right word, but they say, "Hey, I know this. I've been doing this for X amount of years, so." I'm the person and it can only be done this way. A little more rigid. Sometimes. A little bit more rigid. I, I would agree. I um, would agree. And I like to think that, you know, millennials tend to be a little bit more open to different ideas. Hey, let's explore this. What is curious this? perhaps? Exactly. That's my observation. Curiosity and the willingness to, to actually delve into that curiosity because I, I do think there is an element of curiosity with, within Gen X, but, even though that curiosity is there, I think it, it kind of gets stuffed by their experiences and what they already know versus a level of exploration with millennials where we're willing to explore those different paths and those curiosities that we have. Yes, keep that up, millennial men. We will. Keep it up. And do you think, one question I have just in general around 
intergenerational dating is do you think that our society is open to an older woman being with a younger man the way it is open to an older man being with a younger woman because it's very accepting of that <laughs> we all know that it's called sexism but anyway yeah there there definitely is a very um there are interesting stigmas associated with that for sure i think you know as, as holistically we're all progressing i think that stigma is starting to die down i think actually a lot of stigmas are to be honest but um specifically specifically when it comes to that i do agree there's some stigma stigmas associated to it but i think it's getting better in my opinion and it's not as taboo as it used to be even 10 years ago or 20 years ago right so um i would definitely like to think that it's probably always going to exist um, I don't think it's ever going to completely go away, but it is going to become more mainstream, quote unquote, if you want to call it that, and um, become more acceptable for sure. One thing I have learned through my experience of dating younger men is I have to do a little more vetting, Nathan. What I mean by that is I have learned that if a man is on the marriage path, it's probably not a man I should really try and be dating. Mm -hmm. We can have fun, quote unquote, wink, mm -hmm. wink together, but mm -hmm. dating probably not a fit because I, you know, I am not looking to be married at this time. And also, if, especially if he's looking to have children, because that, that shop has closed for me. <laughs> it is shut down and that is, I am okay with that. So <laughs> I have learned that if I'm going to date a man who's 10 years younger than I, that I need to make sure that he's not really searching to get married and have mm -hmm. children. And, and, you know, absolutely there are men who, who are 10 years younger that are, have already been married and have kids. So I just have to do a little more vetting, I've learned. Right, Ask right. a few more questions. <laughs> because I have felt, sometimes I have felt like I am more of like a Mrs. Robinson um, curiosity, like, oh, the older woman, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Have you ever felt that way with, with older women when you've dated them like you were just a novelty I felt like I'm kind of like this novelty at times in certain situations not taken as seriously because I am older and not someone they'd consider actually really having a relationship with right right have you ever felt like a novelty with an older woman um I wouldn't say necessarily a novelty you've never been a boy toy that's good yeah no <laughs> not, <laughs> not. <laughs> yeah I don't feel I have been a novelty it's always been um you know at least a connection good. definitely the goals are different for sure sure, sure, you sure. Know? Um, but substance you found substance and yeah absolutely and respect and respect that's good that's yeah. good that's good well, I am curious also to learn if you think that if you were like I've wondered if I was to introduce my family to a man who was at least 10 years, maybe 15 years younger than I, like what would they think of that? Do you think your friends and family would be open to that? I know that's not what you're looking for at this time in your life, but do you think there would yeah. even be an openness to that? Um, well, uh, I would think, you know, like I said, there's certain stigmas associated to that, um, that type of intergenerational dating. So I, I definitely think there would be a few eyebrows raised. I know every family is going to be different with, um, the level of acceptance that maybe the other partner might feel mm -hmm. um and it'd be like hey you know what are you doing like you know you do know she is 15 years older than you are you really sure you want to go through with this you right know? so there's always going to be that element of 
ooh, that's that's kind of odd. What are you doing? That's weird. You know, the next family reunion. Oh, you know, he's you know, 15 <laughs> and they're getting married. So <laughs> there's always, there's absolutely going to be that. I think just parents in general and especially just family members, they like to have this ideal right well we all have an ideal but that isn't necessarily what's the best fit exactly 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 so yeah there definitely would be discussions on the table about that for sure I think for me that my family might be more open to that for me because I'm not looking perhaps to have you know I'm not looking to have more children obviously and I'm not necessarily looking for marriage but I think if I would have been 30 right um or let me say this if I've been 40 and not yet had kids or been married and been dating you know, a certain type of uh, aged guy, they'd be like, what do you, what's up? Yeah, I think that'd be trickier. <laughs> you really want to go through with this? Right, right, right. So do you think chemistry and maturity coincide with age? Huh. Um, I, th- I think there is, yeah, a, a degree to that. I, I think there is. Uh, I, I like to think chemistry is, is less age dependent though, because. Mm. Mm-hmm. I would agree with I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it has more to do with personality and yes. interest. And, and and really, there's always, you know, that type of like-minded connection. Right. I really think that's what chemistry comes down to. Because so I've wise. Seen, You're so wise. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. <laughs> uh, I've seen people have chemistry with so many different types of people, you know. Um, I, I think it's a very important element, too. Necessary. Necessary to have chemistry. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I think someone can be incredibly mature and be young age-wise. Right. Be really immature and older age-wise. It's, again, that's experience and personality and a lot of reasons. And I agree. And I think people like to, there's always this old saying of um, chemistry versus compatibility, right? And and speaking like with marriage, I I feel how marriage time. Let's go to marriage next. Go ahead. (laughs) That's a hot topic. It is. It is. I think the the different compatibility versus chemistry, um, it used to be more of a luxury to have chemistry, I think, in the older days. So I look at my parents and, you know, I don't think that relationship maybe have necessarily started out with chemistry. I know a lot of marriages didn't start out that way, but... But it evolved it was, there, hopefully. Right, yes. It, it, it grew, and later that mm-hmm. chemistry absolutely developed. Um, versus now... How long have I, your parents been married? They've been married for, I want to say, 35 years. Okay, significant. 40 years, yeah. Um, yeah, and they're still together, and I love them so much. I know. That's so nice. <laughs> they're amazing that's so parents. Nice. Good. Um, so, so yeah, it, it, I've noticed that there's definitely a level, a level of differences when it comes to the chemistry. I think now millennials, we have well, so much technology. It. You expect chemistry. It's the first thing they look for. Exactly. It's the first thing we look for. Exactly. And if there's no chemistry. Forget it. With technology, it's okay, just move on. Right. Versus, I think with Gen X, it's, hey, the chemistry isn't there. We might not have, we might not necessarily agree with this, but let's figure out a way to make it work. So there was a, a, a little bit of a stronger bond. Now, is that for better or for worse? That's hard to say. Um, I, I unfortunately, like to, I feel like people have become so disposable yes. with technology. Yes. One, I don't like your hair color. I don't like your eye color. And I'm, I'm just going to meet someone on. else. I know. Right. I know. 
Before we dish there, though, I want to talk a little bit about marriage. Sure. So you're 31, right? I'm 31. Okay. So when I was your age, I wasn't even married yet. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. To be a Midwestern <laughs> woman and not be married when you're 31. I didn't get married until right. I was 34. Okay. I know. And I remember so much pressure in my 20s and 30s, like that, that pressure to get married and find, quote, the one and mm-hmm. that that marriage clock ticking. Do, do guys experience that, Nathan? I think we experience it to a lesser extent. Um, so I'm from Ghana. So culturally, it's there, I feel compared to that U.S. culture, there's a bit more pressure to get married okay. and to have kids because your parents want grandkids. Right. So and you want to be a good son. And you want to be a good son, and you always want to make your parents happy. So from that aspect, it's a little bit more rigid versus mm-hmm. the culture in the U.S. is more a focus on your career, live your life. Especially Just, for men. Especially for women, men. Women, it's improving. It is improving for but women. But especially for men, you've always had the... Oh, American men have always had the luxury of a focus on your career. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, now, obviously, that is regional dependent within the U.S. Indeed. I have a lot of friends out here in the Midwest that got married when Very they were young. In their it 20s. is a cultural thing to get married younger in the Midwest. You it agree? Is. We agree to that. Yes. Mm-hmm, indeed. Mm-hmm. East Coast, West Coast, different. Different mm-hmm. energy there. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. The the East Coast energy is completely different. You know, they're not even thinking about no. marriage until <laughs> maybe mid 30s or something. Which you know. is just fine, by yeah. the way. So what do you th- what do you imagine marriage being like? Because I've been married, so I have my own opinion. What do you imagine marriage being like, Nathan? Oh, I know it's it's no stroll <laughs> through the park. <laughs> it's not peaches and rainbows. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I I do believe it's challenging. Mm-hmm. At some point, it's not about falling in love, but you're you're like love becomes a choice at some point, you know, and you have to choose to love your partner. And I think there's a lot of misunderstanding when it comes to that. There's an understanding where everything is going to be butterfly effects and it's going to be great and we're going to do this and I'm going to do that. It's always going to be the honeymoon stage. The honeymoon stage. Mm -hmm. It's all Um, brain chemistry anyway. We both know that. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, there's at a certain point that does go away and it's like, okay, this is the daily routine and this is what we go through. And it can be really boring. <laughs> I mean, marriage is a lot about what are we going to eat for dinner and yeah. what are we going to watch on TV? I yeah. mean, that is a lot of marriage. Everybody out there who's never been married. I mean, that's kind of what it is. Like it's very much, it can be just a kind of a grind. Yeah. Like a job. It's work. It requires work. It is work. work. It is. Yeah. That's Which why is, you know, work isn't a bad thing. It's not. To work is not a bad thing, but to think that marriage isn't work mm-hmm. is a little naive. <laughs> it absolutely is. And I, I, I think I know people that have had that mindset. And after marriage, within a few years, they had a rude awakening. And either they drift apart or they get into constant bickering arguments and they're just on each other's throats, you know. Or they find a good um, therapist and somehow figure it out. Or they get divorced. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of options, right? There is now. There is. So what about marriage appeals to you? What makes you want it so much? That, See, for me, I think I felt like I would be missing out on something if yeah. I wasn't to get married. Yeah. I, I now think, I have a different opinion. But I'm on the other side of things. But I want to hear what you think because you're, you've never been married. I haven't. And I have friends who haven't been ma- married. I think they actually have the inverted where, like, especially now that... 
I, I, honestly, I feel there's kind of less benefits to being married, you know. And especially, I know for guys too, they're very, oh, men have so much to lose. To, Interesting. To get Tell me to more. get married. I'm smiling really big over here. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, everything from you know, I've I've seen a lot of nasty splits. Um, okay. I, I think I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, it, it's unfortunate. It, it happens. Um, it is. You know, the, the justice system, there's just so many dynamics. And I think with how the justice system is set up, they that it might be um, a burden or too much load, but they kind of have a cookie cutter mindset. Um, so it, you know, unfortunately, I feel guys can tend to get the short end of things. Okay. And depending on how the, the, the divorce process happened mm-hmm. or whatever, but I actually have some friends um, and, and we have these conversations. And one thing he mentioned is like, why in the world would I want to get married? What's the benefit? You get a few tax. So benefits, I'm going to ask you, what is the benefit, Nathan? I, I So personally, for, you. for me personally, I think the benefit is it's a sense of comfort. If anything, it's it's kind of like that written agreement. It's that pinky promise. It's that. I'm letting everyone know we're together. Mm-hmm. And there's a level of comfort that comes with that. I mean, you can say... Commitment can be very comforting. Yeah. there, You know, the commitment mm-hmm. aspect. Absolutely. And people can commit without getting married. I know oh, plenty absolutely. of people that are 100% committed, but they're not legally married. But I think when you say, I'm married, there's a level of seriousness to it versus, okay, it's just my girlfriend or it's just my boyfriend you know absolutely um and so i think that it's a legal contract it's a legal contract it's pretty serious it is very serious (laughs) (laughs) it's yeah it's definitely not a a walk through the park there but i think that for me that's kind of that a piece to it is i feel there's more comfort in that and there's more predictability within marriage even though it's a false sense of predictability if you want to call well we all like false senses of security in different ways i mean we all act that out in different ways right plus weddings are fun (laughs) (laughs) okay okay you know when i was in my 20s my girlfriends and i we would buy these wedding magazines and we would just soak up the detail do you guys do that guys don't do that <laughs> no. oh my word all the time we spend on those magazines like, we're yeah, just I don't worried think about what food are, are we getting right right is there good music is, is there, there good alcohol good exactly exactly so do you think you'd want to be married if you didn't want children um because i think that was part of my motivation is i wanted to have a family yeah. i wanted to have children i couldn't imagine having children without being married yeah, I, I think for me, definitely, that does have an uh, impact on wanting to get But that's married. very Western. I mean, you look at Scandinavian cultures, and they don't need to get married to have families. So it's a cultural thing, again. I'm it not is. judging anyone who's not married and has children together. No mm-hmm. judgment on my part. That's just how I was conditioned mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. believe. Do you, does that resonate with you or not really? It resonates. I think for me personally, I feel a big element of wanting to get married is to have kids and start a family. Right. Um versus if I didn't want kids, then I think I would definitely have marriage as much a much lower priority. Sure. Um, would it still would I still want to get married? Probably, but I think that desire would be a lot less, in my opinion. So here's here's my question to end end our fun chat here. And thank you again for being part of this episode. We were talking earlier about dating apps. 
and you just swipe, 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 and mm-hmm. it's endless, especially when, again, when you cast the net wider and you broaden it to other cities or even other countries. How do you pick one person? Yeah. How do you pick one person? I mean, <laughs> I mean, seriously, I have been in the in the world of uh, dating for a little over two years now since my divorce, and it, it it's like, well, I mean, how would I? How right. how, how how do you have a quote special someone anymore, Nathan? Yeah. Do you care to enlighten me? Uh, I could speak from my experience. Please um, do. So, again, talking to technology and even going out. Because previously, going out to the bar and just talking to a random woman was a little like, hey, what are you doing? You, know, you just go out with the guys or or whatever. But It's been a long time since I've done that. <laughs> a long time. Thanks, COVID. COVID didn't help, but it was even longer than COVID. But anyway. Um, I, I think it comes down to values, ultimately. So Ooh. when you truly value people, you yes. don't treat them as a commodity. Um, you don't treat they're people. They're not just a means to an end. Yeah, they're not yes. a marketplace. Correct. And I know we're driven by capitalism and all these apps want to make the most amount of money. So they want you to feel like people are a commodity and people will ghost and people will do this. I hate and, that. Uh, That's another episode. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> I won't go on a tangent there. Keep going. <laughs> um, so I think once you say, hey, I want to get to know someone, and not treat them as a commodity and see if there is that level of compatibility and there is that chemistry you're looking for and that connection, um, you take it much more serious. I know when I met my girlfriend, I met her through an online app. And initially, I didn't think we would have so much chemistry. And we ended up having a lot of chemistry. And Mm -hmm. we've been talking since and dating. But it had to start with having the right mindset, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think with the Gen Z's and even millennials and and kind of not necessarily taking marriages seriously and mm-hmm. where technology is going, we treat individuals, especially when it comes to um, like sexual interactions mm-hmm. or um, dating interactions more specifically. All right, you know, we're just going to hook up and I don't care about you. It's either you're hot or that's it. They're just looking for one Very superficial. Thing. Very superficial, shallow. Um, how does this benefit me? How does it benefit? It's, it's very, yeah, it's a very me-orientated mm-hmm. society. And I, I think, I don't think technology is to blame, but it certainly has per- perpetuated the issue, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but human... Well, human nature will always be human nature. And I always like to say humans are going to be humans regardless. And I think technology has kind of helped accelerate some of the issues we're seeing and kind of lets you see the crack in the wall, so to speak. But it really does come down to individuality and having your set of values, your set of morals. And obviously that starts with how you were raised and absolutely the type of person you are. Mm-hmm. So. Um, that's my take on it, at least. Um, I, I definitely think dating apps has its benefits for sure. Absolutely, yeah. But it's a great way, like we said earlier, to meet people that you probably is. would never you know, bump into at the grocery store. Right, exactly. But it also does have its own issues, too. I appreciate how you commented on how you have to see people as, like, you're a human being. Yeah, you have to feelings. value people. Yes, and that's something that when I am communicating with people that I'm like, this is a, this is a person. How do I end this well? Or how do I communicate this in a way that's respectful and honoring of this, 
individual, how I would, I want to be treated in this situation. I should reciprocate that to him. Right. And you think of how many people there are on this earth. It's an, every individual has their own story, Mm -hmm. whether they are value and value, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone is, is so different and, and that's, what's beautiful about life. Honestly, is you get to meet so many people and, even if you you're driving on the highway and you look across and you see someone else driving, they're going to a completely different place. They're a completely different person, different human. They have their own problems. They have their own joys. And and I think that's, you know, kind of the beauty of it too. Um, but if you don't have that appreciation for people and you don't like to see the good in people, um, it's going to be a lot harder to treat people correctly. And you do start to generalize and and follow certain stigmas. And it leads into all sorts of issues where you basically devalue humans. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really sad that some people are like that. Um, but every individual walks their own road. Right. So. And it's all a lesson. I think it's dating has taught me a lot of lessons. And it's really helped me learn what it is that I am looking for which for me is connection and chemistry of course absolutely yeah marriage will see best of both worlds yeah exactly well i sure have loved this chat with you oh it was great thanks for having me all right keep on shining i will you too thank you please be sure to rate review and subscribe to the podcast You can also follow Sadie's Divorced and Happy podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to visit us at divorcedandhappy.net. You've heard what Nathan and I have to say about intergenerational dating, relationships, dating apps, and more. If you are currently dating someone from another generation, we want to hear about it. How's it going? What are the juicy and delicious details? Please comment on our social media pages or you can DM me on Instagram at Sadie's Divorced and Happy Podcast. I'm your host, Sadie Marie, and I cannot wait to connect with you on the next podcast episode. Till then, you take good care.